0: Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Basar Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Well, last week we talked about atmospheres. How's the atmosphere been in your life this week? You've been shifting some atmospheres? I want to pick that thought up today and not just talk about having the right episode, but how do you shift it and release it to everyone else around us? So I just want to pick that thought up again, just for a few minutes. We've had a lot happening, so I'm not going to preach for too long because we've got tonight on, but I want to share a few things on how do we shift atmospheres in our lives, in our families, in our community. And I believe that with God's help, we can. So Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, arise, shine. They're action words. As Dave was saying, we sometimes got to do something. And Darcy was saying, we've got to do something. Arise and shine for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth. This was Isaiah writing a couple of thousand years ago. I think he was looking at 2023 around the world, wasn't he? Darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people's. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. What is the word glory? It means the weight of his presence. So when the glory of God's on you, you've got an atmosphere of God's manifest presence over your life, through your life. His glory comes on a church and there's an atmosphere. When you walk through the doors, you feel love, excitement, passion. And we start to sing and worship today and it, it overflows you. So if you come in discouraged, drained, overwhelmed, sad, it's really hard to stay that way in an atmosphere like we've got here in our church. And that's what God wants us to realize. The glory of the Lord rises upon you. It is the weight of his presence. Now God's presence fills the earth, but when you worship, you become aware of his presence he's always here there are sound waves there are things going on here there's digital stuff floating through the atmosphere all the time but you need the right receiver so if your mobile phone is connected it will pick up the signals that are floating through the atmosphere here if you've got a TV, it will pick up the signals when our spirit is tuned to God we pick up the awareness of his glory and presence and then we release it to others so I want to encourage you, don't settle for less. God's lifting off the limits of our minds and hearts. And I've watched Dave and his uh, business has just boomed now because he's kept honouring Jesus and putting him first. He runs an amazing videography business and, and uh, travels all over Australia now doing that because he started realising the photos he was taking was a gift of God that he had to just surrender to the Lord and then release that gift. I'm amazed we've all got gifts in our lives and sometimes we don't think they're important. Don't despise the day of small beginnings. Just use whatever's in your hand. Whatever passion or heartbeat or experience, even bad things, when it's under God's blessing, he can turn it into a place of blessing that shifts the atmosphere over everyone else's life. Believe for more. And God says to believe, receive and release. I shared this scripture last week, John 12, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table. Imagine the atmosphere there. Jesus is there, Lazarus who's been raised from the dead, telling his story. So it was, boy, that atmosphere was buzzing. It was absolutely electric. They were probably too excited to eat. Martha's trying to get him to eat something. Come on, eat. You know, like mums say, come on, eat. They're just hanging out hearing the stories. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive pers- perfume she poured on Jesus' feet and, and washed his feet with her hair, that the whole house was filled with the fragrance of this perfume. It wasn't just her hair or Jesus' feet. It says the whole house. And when they left there and went down the street to the markets or school or home, guess what? Everyone carried that fragrance with them. That's the power of atmosphere. That when we worship, when we surrender our hearts to God and stay aware of his presence, you carry that wherever you go. And so they, even if they didn't want to carry it, it was all over them. When you're in God's presence, it saturates your life and you carry it wherever you go. On the reverse, if there's strife and fear and pain overwhelming you, guess what? You will carry that wherever you go. It's terrible when you're having an awesome time with friends and then someone walks in just with overwhelmed with pain and depression. It dampens the atmosphere. But then if that happens... Reach out with grace and say, Lord, with your love, I want to see this atmosphere shift. Sometimes it's one prayer. As we sang today, sometimes it's the name of Jesus. Sometimes it's an act of kindness. One of the best ways I know to shift atmosphere is do the opposite of what's trying to destroy. Just do the opposite. That's one of the greatest spiritual warfares you can do is do the opposite. We'll we'll chat about that again in a moment. And so we see, so the question is what atmosphere do we carry? We carry the oil, the fragrance of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you hungry for more of God? Are you, there's a passion in your heart and we went to Planet Shakers and God just filled me up and stirred my heart. I said, God, God, let me just burn for you. Let the passion of your love. Let's have a look at another story. Last week we looked at an amazing story of Jairus. Let's look at another story today and see how atmosphere shifted in this story. Acts chapter 2, 3 sorry. Acts 3, one afternoon. This is after the day of Pentecost. One afternoon Peter and John went to the temple for the 3 o'clock prayer. Just see the different atmospheres that were released in this story. As they came to the entrance called the beautiful gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried And placed at the entrance of the temple. He was often brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. So here's a man in despair, crippled, never ever expecting to get out of that state of depression, of begging, of having been carried around by his family of being ignored by most people who walked past and every now and then someone would give him a bit of food or throw a coin in his begging bowl. Peter and John were heading up to the temple. They were going their routine. They were probably excited to get to prayer but you can end up doing it because it's Sunday or because it's the thing to do. So you've got an atmosphere of whether they were excited or just doing what they normally did. The guy there, And then it says they looked at him. Were they looking at him out of pity or pain or seeing this man's suffering that he carried with him? And then it says, when he noticed Peter and John going to the temple, he begged them for money. So he just did the only thing he knew what to do was to beg for money. Peter and John looking straight into the eyes of the crippled man. I love this. Everyone else would have turned their eyes away and flicked him a coin as they walked through because they didn't want to dwell on the suffering of a man that was overwhelmed and could never ever hope the poor and needy. And sometimes we walk past. Peter and John, something stirred in their heart. They had an atmosphere of compassion and they said, look at us. Look at us. Are we game to tell us people to look at us because we hope they see Jesus in us or are we scared they'll just see our weaknesses? Look at us. They were carrying the presence of Jesus. Faith was stirred in their heart. I'm sure they'd be praying and, and they probably were on their way getting ready and said, hey, I believe God's going to do something amazing at church today. They had faith in their hearts. So they said, look at us expecting a gift. So now there's a bit of expectation and excitement building in the guy maybe to get some food or some money. He gave them an attention. Then Peter said, and just deflated any expectations, I don't have any money. And the guy said, oh, no. Just like others that go past on the way to church, busy. Any expectation he had was now just deflated because they said, well, we don't have any money. But, I love this, the atmosphere shifts again. And he says, but I'll give you this. Wow. Isn't it easy to think about what we don't have? If I had enough money, I'd solve the homeless problem in Harvey Bay. We look at what we don't have so often that Peter and John carried the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit in their life. And they said, I don't have this, but I do have this. I have hope in Jesus. I have life. I can show you the way to be forgiven. I can lead you to the one who can set you free from that which has crippled your life, that has bound you and you can't change. And so they knew they had something even greater than a few coins or a bit of food to keep him alive for the next day. They had something in their soul. I don't have money, but I'm going to give you this. And it's so easy to think we don't have much to give. Wow, God's given us all. We've all got a story. Even if it's still a story that's being unfolding and still plenty of question marks about your story. Others have lived longer in Jesus and they've seen faithfully how God has broken through and revealed his grace and his faithfulness and his power. Wherever you are on the journey, you've got something to give. You've got acceptance. By even just stopping and talking to him when most other people would have shunned him or ignored him, showing acceptance can sometimes be the biggest gift you can show someone's life. They stopped and said, Look at us. And they were confident that they carried something in their spirit that was going to change that man's day and world. Wow, They weren't looking at themselves and thinking, well, I'm still sorting this out. And I'm not sure, well, if I really pray, is anything going to happen or shift? I learned about 10 years ago, God spoke to my heart. I used to pray for people and hope. But an encounter happened in my life and an unfolding where from that day on, every time I pray for something, I know something's shifting. It's like a faith step came where I didn't pray and hope anymore. I prayed and know something's happening. If the person doesn't get healed immediately, I know something shifted in their attitude. Because I've brought Jesus into their world. I know something has shifted. There's a preparation happening over their life. There's something happening. Whenever I pray for someone's business, I believe that something has shifted and is shifting. Faith's coming alive. A seed is being planted. Negative thinking is now being pushed to the side. So whenever you pray, you pray in faith and you know that something's shifting. Whether you see the miracle then or the preparation or the unfolding for the future. So as we do two weeks of prayer and fasting, I encourage you, have some focused prayer. And we'll have some uh, on our Facebook uh, page, we'll have daily uh, things to Um, pray for we were hoping to get them ready for today but they're coming out each day so if you get on our Facebook page or website there'll be stuff for you to focus on it and the next week we've got our 24-7 where we'll have a half hour where people can really focus in on prayer needs but I want to encourage you when you pray something is shifting it often starts in us because we whenever you pray for someone guess what love is released it's really hard to pray for someone and stay angry at them It's really, really hard if you've got unforgiveness or hurt, if you start praying for them. That's why it says to pray and bless your enemies because God knows it'll shift your heart and love for that person and that might be a doorway for you to start to shift in how you treat that person. And so God wants us to release. So the atmosphere was shifting. And then he said, I'll give you this, by the power of of the name of Jesus of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Woo! Wow. So had God spoken to their heart, probably on the way there, they had a word of knowledge. And it says he was regularly brought there. So they've probably walked past him maybe dozens of times before. But today, the Holy Spirit said, it's time for me to change this man's life. There are times when God will has prepared your heart And prepared other people and a day comes where you wake up one morning and you just know. I've had times like this in church here. I've been in church. I remember the day Sharon Minnis walked in and the Holy Spirit said, today's her day. Faith came and God set her free. Couldn't have children and she had beautiful Jessica. There's been other times when I've prayed for people and something has shifted and moved because we've opened our hearts To God in prayer. Hayden's mum, Amelia, has just had a stroke. We need to pray for God's grace. Father, we're talking about atmospheres right now. We lift this to you. Father, you would do your mighty work with Hayden's mum, Amelia, in Jesus' name. Protect her, Lord. She would live every day you've planned for her. We speak the name of Jesus over her life. God, let your healing grace... Lord, your support and love be with her in Jesus' mighty name. God, you are our healer. You did it not only in the book of Acts in chapter 3, you're doing it today. God, release your healing power into that place. Wherever she is, in an ambulance, in a hospital, in Jesus' mighty name. Wow, isn't that amazing? I'm just talking about Hayden, see the Holy Spirit's at work. So when you open your heart, you'll see a lot of God incidences start to happen. People say, oh, that's a coincidence. I don't use that word anymore. I call them God incidences. Because when you're open and you're carrying the presence and faith of God, he will set things up for you. He will set up encounters. He will set up things for your life that might look like a negative, overwhelming thing, but if you're carrying the eyes of faith like uh, Peter and John are, they will turn around into a place of breakthrough. And that's what God says. Come on, let's be atmosphere shifters. So they speak that. Then Peter held out his right hand to the crippled man. Faith always has actions. This is where some of us struggle. The Holy Spirit will stir your heart to pray for someone, to show a kind deed, to, to do, speak some words of hope. And then he'll say, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you make, bake some cake and some... Meal for the new neighbours, thinking, oh, what if, they, what if they reject me? You prayed for them. When you pray, God will often stir you to act. That's where a lot of us think, oh, no, I couldn't do that. I'm not good enough. Prayer often leads to changed actions so that you can release the atmosphere. And that's where us as Christians... We stop, and I want to encourage you. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Follow God's words of compassion and faith, and you see what God will do. And so we see, he reached out his hand as he pulled the man to his feet. Suddenly, power surged into his crippled feet and ankles. I love this. It was all in the spirit faith realm until... He took the action, prayed the prayer and released and said, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise and walk. Then he reached out and took his hand and that's the power of God then was activated. Many miracles don't happen because we just don't follow God's plan right through. I've been guilty of that. There's times I went home and thought, God, I know you told me to do that. But I didn't wait to find out what the rest of the instructions were. But by God's grace, I'm getting better at it. And it's very exciting when you just do it God's way. And if God speaks to your heart, say, Lord, what do I do with this? And then what do I keep doing with this? And sometimes he'll say, you've done all you needed to do. Now I'm going to work on their heart. The seed's planted. Other times you'll say, keep praying. Keep on sowing kindness until a change happens over their world. Keep speaking words of love and faith until they start to believe it. God will show us what our story is. So the atmosphere shifts and the man jumped up, stood there for a moment, stunned then began to walk around. As he went into the temple courts with Peter and John, he leapt for joy and shouted praise to God. Woo! The atmosphere is now a one of excitement, electricity flowing. He's now praising God. Now, I'm not quite sure what the rules all were. I'm not a Shane Willard, so I'm not sure whether cr- cripples were allowed in the temple back then or not. I don't know, but now he's not crippled. He's jumping and leaping. He certainly upset the order of service. They're probably doing their nice, quiet prayers, and this guy comes jumping in and messes up the front line team and probably thinking, "Do we throw him out or what do we do? But his excitement was too big, and Peter and John were there with him, and they, I reckon they were jumping and leaping too. It's okay to get excited when God breaks out. When the atmosphere shifts, sometimes we are part of helping shift it and then enjoy the moment. It's like when a child first starts to walk. Everyone's, yahoo! The parents go crazy. They're like big kids, you know. Why sometimes in church or when God's doing work in people, why don't we just get a little bit more excited? Just a little bit more animated. Just a little bit more enjoying the moment because praise shifts the atmosphere wow and it says when all the people saw him jumping up and down and heard him glorifying God they realized it was the crippled beggar they had passed and some of them are thinking well hold on I've walked past him hundreds of times not even have a thought to pray and maybe flicked him a coin every now and then. I reckon there was a moment where the atmosphere shifted some of their hearts. Well, hold on. How come Peter and John saw this happen and we didn't? Some of them would have gone through a self-examination. Others might have got jealous of Peter and John, say, who do you think you are more spiritual than us? Hey, there's a whole lot of things go on in our humanity, but let's keep our eyes on Jesus. They realized that the bigger they'd pass by, on beggar, in front of the beautiful gate. Astonishment swept over the crowd. Now we've got awe and astonishment atmosphere going over the place. Wow, how did this happen? For they were amazed over what had happened to him. Dumbfounded over what they were witnessing, the crowd ran over to Peter and John, who were standing under the covered walkway called Solomon's Porch. Stand there was also the healed beggar clinging to Peter and John. With the crowd surrounding him, Peter said to them, people of Israel, listen to me. Why are you so amazed by this healing? Why do you stare at us? So now they're thinking Peter and John are some super saints. They've been fast-tracked to sainthood. We didn't make the crippled man walk by our own power authority. The God of our ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has done this. For he has glorified his servant, Jesus The one you denied to Pilate's face when he decided to release him and you insisted that he be crucified. Whoa, the atmosphere just shifted right now. (laughs) They're all excited. What? Sometimes in the middle of excitement, that's when God can get to our hearts. That's why humor and laughter and telling stories can draw you in and all of a sudden God nails you. Said, hey, you could have seen him come into freedom earlier. Or why did you judge Jesus? Because you didn't understand. And they would have went through a moment of reflection and some repentance. Because this is the temple. They weren't necessarily all born again Christians yet at this stage. They were going to the temple to the religious thing to do, they were churchgoers, but not yet transformed, so all of a sudden, whew, excitement, oh, we want to stay happy, but God sometimes wants to change us, that's his bigger goal than just miracles and breakthrough and joy, he wants to transform us into his image, and so we got this incredible thing happening, and uh, For he has glorified. We didn't make this crippled man. And it says, verse twenty: You rejected the one who was holy and righteous and instead begged for a murderer to be released. Well, he puts the knife in now, doesn't he? Well, Peter, you could have just been, you know, started the journey, but now you're really gone for broke. You killed the prince of life. If what he said was enough, you killed the prince of life, the author of life. How can you kill the author of life? Jesus allowed himself to die. And we stand here, witnesses to that fact. Faith in Jesus' name has healed this man standing before you. It's the faith that comes through believing in Jesus' name that has made the crippled man walk right in front of your eyes. Wow, wow, wow. Now the atmosphere shifts again because they get back focused on Jesus. That the crippled man was the focus, then Peter and John were the focused, and then he takes the focus back on them, and now they're back on Jesus. Because you've always got to finish focused on Jesus. If you stay focused on yourself, you're not going to carry an atmosphere of breakthrough, but if you're focused on Jesus, you're going to carry it through your emotions and through your heart and through life. So, no matter where you are today in your journey, I want you to leave here focused on Jesus, not just walking out saying, Oh, That's great for Peter and John and it's great for their pastors. But hey, he's called all of us to be shifters of atmospheres. Let's wrap it up today. And so we see God wants us to carry his presence. We see all the different shifts of atmosphere that happened. You can shift the atmosphere by doing the opposite. This is one of the easiest ways to shift an atmosphere. Do the opposite of what negativity is going on. So if there's Fear, start releasing faith. If there's strife, speak peace. If there's despair and discouragement, start speaking hope. Hey, it's tough right now, but I believe God's going to make a way. You show compassion and empathy, but you don't show sympathy and jump in the ditch with them and say, oh, woe is us, it's all it's all, It's all a mess. You put one foot down and say, it's tough right now, but I believe Jesus is going to lift us up. You identify with, and then you lift up. Peter reached out to the crippled man who was sitting down, crippled, never having any hope of his world was ever going to change. So he reached out in compassion, looked at him, connected to his Pain, rejection, negative world, but then started to lift him. And as he started to lift him by his words and focus and love and faith, he rose up healed. And hundreds, maybe thousands, and now millions of people have heard the story and are still being transformed because Peter and John, reached down, connected, and lifted in Jesus' name. How powerful is that? That's how you can shift atmospheres. When there's negativity, start speaking positively. Woe is us, the world's going to a mess, inflation's out of control. Financially, I don't know how we're going to keep our house. Hey, that's what's in the media. But ask God for some wisdom, saying, hey, it's going to be tough. We need to budget a bit more. We've had some really blessed times. But with God's grace, we're going to come through this, and we're going to see his blessing and favor overflow. And, And, hey, it's never as bad as what the media tells you it is. God's grace is there to help us. If there's hate, what do you do? You start showing some love and forgiveness. If there's lies and deception, what do you do? Start speaking the truth in love. Bring some patience where there's rushing and pressure. Bring some clarity and wisdom over confusion. Joy over depression and sadness. Generosity over lack. And the story goes on. Just to wrap it up today, I love Paul and Silas, but that shift the atmosphere. They're thrown in prison, beaten up for getting a lady set free. From strongholds of darkness, they're doing good and they end up in prison. Have you ever done good to someone and you end up getting blamed for something? Not everyone's excited about doing good. Sometimes you've reached out in love and prayer and help to see someone else set free and it's backfired. But don't give up because if you do it in the name of Jesus with a heart of love, then God will make a way to turn it around. He will. He's very good at it. Sometimes it takes a while. And so they're thrown in prison. And what do they do? Paul and Solas aren't having a fight. Silas saying, hey, I didn't read this in the missions contract on our missions trip. Hey, what's this about? I don't remember hearing anything about being beaten up and thrown in prison. They could have ended up fighting. But no, what did they do? They prayed. I'm not sure if they started out quiet, but they started to pray loudly. It says all the prisoners could hear them. They're in the bottom level in the darkest dungeon, and it says all the prisoners could hear them praying, and then they started to praise. They shifted the atmosphere of a prison, and God saw their heart in prayer, And praise, he came, sent an earthquake. It says all the chains fell off, not just Peter and John's. All the prisons and all the prison doors flew open. Let me tell you, if you want to change atmosphere, learn to be a prayer and a praiser because that will shift the atmosphere in the spirit realm. That will then be manifest in the natural realm. That's why let's be a church of prayer and praise like never before. Because it shifts the atmosphere. And God can't resist coming and revealing his grace and power and healing. And out of that, the jailer and his whole family get saved. They not only become Christians, they start putting some uh, bandages and oil on their wounds that he'd probably inflicted. Well, that would have been an atmosphere shifter, eh? All his servants and household got saved at about three o'clock in the morning. God's no respecter of time. It can happen anytime, anywhere. It doesn't have to happen for an hour and a half in church. It can happen anywhere that we carry his atmosphere. Oh God, I want to encourage us. Let's be carriers. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. We have plenty of thermometers how bad it is, how hot it is, how cold it is. Be a thermostat. A thermostat shifts the temperature and the atmosphere. We've been called to be thermostats, not thermometers. We've got enough thermometers saying, oh, how bad is it? Whoa, whoa, it's getting worse. How are we going to survive this year? Or you can be a carrier of hope saying, God, By your grace, we're going to be free in 23. We're going to walk in your power. We're going to see your kingdom demonstrated in grace and power across our Transformations campus, across our families, across our city, across our nation. Let's be carriers of His divine power. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. We're going to choose whether we focus on that and carry it and take it with us. Sometimes there's a dramatic shift, and I love the dramatic shifts, but you know, (coughs) sometimes it takes a while. You just got to keep on loving, keep on praying, keep on sowing, keep on giving, keep on praising and praying until it becomes obvious. In our instant world, we're really good at believing for the miracle, and if it doesn't happen, think, oh, well, it couldn't have been your will. Well, they just weren't ready. Hey, Let's learn to shift the atmosphere, whether it's one degree at a time or whether it's a dramatic breakthrough. God's the one who works out how that works. If you want to become generous, it starts with one gift and then you keep on increasing. You want to be kind, starts with one good deed, and you learn to keep doing it whether it's noticed or not. I'm gonna chat about that tonight, about serving. How that we need to have the right motivation to serve. And We're going to share on how that God can help us to make sure our motivations are right. So don't let anyone else determine your atmosphere. God's there to help us. Worship team, come on down. I want to encourage you today. You can shift the atmosphere. Be free from other people's negativity and judgment. Facebook, we want everyone to like us. Not to cut us off. It's a me-focused generation, but hey, God's shifting the church back to a Jesus-focused generation, and then our hearts are flowing together in unity and community for his glory. And I believe God's shifting things over our lives, over our church, and we can see prayer. Some of you, just attest to me this week, I sent a message out that there was one of the counselors was trying to... He wasn't trying to stop prayer at the beginning of council change. He wanted to open it up for anyone to pray or to have a just a moment of reflection. But we spoke up on that. And I wrote letters and many others did. I talked with and prayed with a couple of the counsellors. And I, I happened to be rostered for the opening prayer on the day they were going to debate it. So that's good, hey? Eh? I didn't preach at them. I just prayed. And so, hey, it's awesome that we can pray blessing and we need God's wisdom. So I didn't go and preach at them. I just did it clearly and was on Channel 7 News on Wednesday night. And then they voted a while later and they voted 7 to 4 to defeat that attempt to change the prayer. There's quite a number of our counsellors are committed Christians and others are in favour because they know that Christians and the church have a great influence across our city and they didn't want to compromise that even in that small but powerful way hey sometimes as Christians we get discouraged and think oh we're losing all of our freedoms let me tell you God's still greater I've been listening to Shane Willard about how terrible it was when the Romans ruled you think things are tough now mate It was 10 times worse, the early church and the Romans and their cruelty. and Horrible. Do we have challenges? Yes. Is God able to arise? Yes. Has He arisen throughout history? Yes. Let me tell you, but you've got to decide which side you're on and which atmosphere that you're going to live in. God will give us wisdom. Do we deny the challenges? No, we don't. We speak into them. Let's not be schizophrenic Christians who say, if you're sick, you're sick but you're sick, and then you, that's the fact. But the truth is, God, I'm sick, but your grace and power is greater and by your stripes I can be healed. Don't deny the facts. The reality is there are great needs. There are people that are facing huge challenges. People sitting here today, some of you have got great challenges. Don't deny the facts, but then bring the truth of God's Word that He's greater and able to provide